Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Voice in the Pen podcast. Emily and I are super thrilled today to have Daniel Shiv of Bad Genetics in the studio with us and stoked to talk about music with you today. Thanks for being here. You know what? Thank you, guys. I didn't want to be an ass, so I came bearing gifts. Oh. So sweet. I got you each a sticker. Thank you. These are the cool. band. Thank you. Well, it looks like your shirt. Well, that... I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. What a perfect setup. <laughs> almost like it was almost like we talked about it right. Oh my god. I got you both a t shirt. That will not Thank fit you, you so CB. Much. But I wanted to get you a t shirt. Thank you. Yeah, that won't fit. <laughs> we don't we don't turn down free gifts. <laughs> but I don't turn down free gifts. <laughs> that actually looks like that's mine. This looks bigger. Yeah, give him that one. We'll switch. Wow. <laughs> The Thanks. only time Emily and I have swapped articles of clothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mean you guys don't share? I thought that, that was something else, jacket you had. Uh, you can give her that one? No, no, no. No. That was actually, maybe that was mine, but after I ran it through a really big shrink cycle in the oh, dryer. Yeah. <laughs> Hot water, boiling water. You just yes. boiled it. Got a just boiled thin. it. Just went that route with it. So, Well, thank you for being here. Are you from Wilmington originally, or how did you wind up in this, this space here? I'm from St. Louis. Moved from St. Louis to Phoenix. Lived in Phoenix for two years. Mm-hmm. Moved here in May of 2020 amidst the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Ooh. My wife <laughs> works at New Hanover Regional, okay. so that's why we ended up moving here. Oh, man, yeah. So that's a whole other podcast. We're not going to talk about how she feels about Novant and the changes and all those sorts of things. But She doesn't work <laughs> for the hospital. She okay. works at the hospital for a surgeon group. Oh, so that's, she's, that's a better deal. Yeah. <laughs> she's fine. She's never she's, had really too many complaints. She's like, I'm in a pretty good spot. <laughs> so you've been playing music for a while is my guess, like listening to your guitar skills and what you do on guitar. And eight years voice. old. Yeah, so since you're eight. 20, oh, 20 years now. Yeah, 20 years. Wow. I've realized how old I was. Yeah, there. yeah. So yeah, I started when I was eight years old and in and out of bands since I was probably like 10 or 12. All guitar, other instruments? I mean, if you're not a musician, all, all instruments. <laughs> if, you're a mu- if you're a musician, guitar. It's, it's funny how relative that term musician can become, uh-huh. right? You know, so somebody that has no musical background at all, they look at somebody that can play a few chords and like, ooh, musician. Right. And, you know, the person that can play a few chords is like, I mean, thanks, but th- then there's, you know, Hendrix and these other people and, and Daniel Shiv that like, yeah, I, I don't know about how I feel calling myself a musician. You just call, you just compare me to Hendrix. <laughs> Loosely. <laughs> Jeez. Just because I know his Hendrix chord? Yeah, well, That's I mean, the only reason? You know, the internet is wonderful for a lot of things, right, for us modern guitar players, in a way. You call me Hendrix. Yeah. I like that. I'll take it. You take it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it. you're not insulted, are you? No. Why would I be insulted? Like, <laughs> compared to Hendrix, I love it. I'm cool with that. So, one of the things that we love to talk about on this show, and speaking of Hendrix, I guess, is writing styles. Mm-hmm. And so, if there's like a tried and true sort of go-to method that works for you, or if it's sort of all over the board, and the reason I think of Hendrix is because it is because you're guitar playing. Because I've gotten to play guitar with you on stage before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, listening to what you do in your normal songwriting is very different than probably the kind of music I play, which is totally fine by me. Like, I think that's super cool. But then when we played together, you're immediately able to pick up on what I was doing. So there's where the the Hendrix comparison sort of comes in. But in terms of your songwriting, is it lyric first? Is it hook and melody first? Is it, you know, chord structure first? What what works for you? I always write the riff first. Mm. So I literally just sit down and whatever, whether I'm trying to, you know, practice for songs for the band, and then I'll just be like, all right, well, let's let's just noodle around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll just noodle, get a big pedal board, mm-hmm. try and get new instruments, new pedal boards, get that inspiration somehow, try and get new experiences, try and do different things. Uh, sometimes I won't play for a week or so. Mm-hmm. You sit down, you start playing. 
and uh, try to write a riff, as you will, mm -hmm. and then just kind of build off that. Okay. And I have, I mean, my phone, the voice memos, it's just like... Uh, yeah, I think that's a common thing. Yeah, everybody yeah. brings up the voice memos <laughs> on here. So I'll... It's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just I have it on there, and then I'll flip through every once in a while I'm bored, or if I'm on an airplane, you know, mm -hmm. I just don't have Wi-Fi, so I'm flipping through. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. I need to come back and visit that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, I was working on something the other day. This works with that. Because sometimes, you know, you'll write something. You're like, this is good, but like pair it with. Mm -hmm. You don't really know what to pair it with. Mm -hmm. And I'm my own yeah. worst critic. Like, I could... That's I could, a common theme amongst musicians. I could write 98 <laughs> songs a day, but I'll like none of them. You know, it's yeah. interesting, though. Like, we've been talking a little bit about um, being prolific over perfect. And instead of, and, and not, like, not, I don't feel like every single song that I write or maybe that anybody writes is necessarily one for public consumption. Mm. But if you do write a lot, then you also have this whole material group that you can come back to and go, you know what? That song sucks. <laughs> but that phrase or that hook or that lyric in there somewhere can come out. And I've actually rewritten a couple whole different songs. I'm like, nah, I like the song. I took that one line out of it. Does that happen with you at all? Or? Yeah. So my band in high school, most of the songs on that album, it was all original music, was all songs I wrote when I was like 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. That I just revisited. That was the whole point of the album was, I'm going to write, I'm going to take the songs I wrote when I was like first starting to write songs and just make them better, mm -hmm. in my eyes at least. Mm -hmm. So I rewrote them all, and mm -hmm. that became... Our first album was like 16, so it's the first time I ever like recorded a full-length album. Okay. It's when I was writing high school. But I do that all the time. Yeah. You revisit something you've been playing for a while, you haven't played it in a while, you're like, mm, not good. Or you have two songs, you start thinking, if I just mash these together, because these are two really good ideas with just some filler, uh -huh. if I just get rid of the filler, I can mash these together. Mm -hmm. It's always good you have different musicians, you'll play with different people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I always try to take as much criticism as I can, too. Sure. It's always how you say it. A lot mm -hmm. of musicians kind of get that ego. They don't want to hear it, but like. I like the question, you know, instead of asking as a musician, is what I'm doing good or not? Maybe the question is, how could I improve this? It's always subjective, too. Right. I mean, music oh. is extremely subjective. Do you like what I'm writing? No. <laughs> I usually don't take offense to, hey, do you like yeah. that song? Yeah, it was, it was good. No one's going to tell you it sucks. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. a lot of people suggest, well, well, they'll say, you know, is it okay? Can I make a, a suggestion? And it's always like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I mean, I personally am like not going to be offended. If you don't, if you don't like it, then I'll just be like, that's fine. I, I, I love it. So, you know, but if, if they like send me, like give me a suggestion, like John Hussman, when I was playing with him for Soup to Nuts, he's like, can I make a suggestion for this part? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, I love that. Thank you mm -hmm. for suggesting that. It's everything you know? in life. I mean, as far as just taking a suggestion someone gives you, I always listen to it, whether I use it or not. Right. Just get my discretion so you can't exactly. get upset if I don't use it. But I usually take everyone's suggestions and sure. just put it through my head, whether that's music, whether that's with my job, whether that's with a relationship with mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm. Listen to it, take it or leave it. Right. Yeah, it's like, uh, I think it's like a, a learning being learning based in your mindset overall approach, I think is helpful. Like if you're not, then it's really easy to get offended and then, then you're not hearing potentially good advice. You know, like I think that's part of our responsibility is to take as much insight and advice as we can and then sort out on the inside what we're going to keep, what we're not going to keep, what like resonates, what doesn't. Yeah. But if you shut that down by immediately like closing your mindset off and becoming having like a limited mindset that's not growth oriented, that's not like, let me lean in and learn. 
because I don't know about y'all, but I didn't I didn't learn to ride a bike by riding it. I learned with like skin knees and you know busted elbows and fat lips and stuff like that. I remember more from those than I did from like oh sweet I I landed the jump. <laughs> you remember ri- learning to ride a bike? Um, ish. I don't remember a lot from my childhood. <laughs> I think it's on purpose though. I think I just kind of it's all like back here. Maybe yeah. One day I mean, there's a fair amount that I don't remember, but I do remember really enjoying the bike riding, and that was maybe the escape from the parts that I don't remember. <laughs> so maybe that's why I remember the bike riding. I, I remember it a little bit too. I remember my parents like pushing, like holding onto the seat, and then like pushing off. Okay, pedal. I remember getting yelled at. <laughs> Yeah, that why did you get this? I'm like, I don't you know. <laughs> I was also like two feet tall, weighed like 20 pounds, you yeah, know. Because I've only tried this four times. Using my brother's bike, who was huge. My brother's a big dude, so it was like his hand-me-down. Like, it's too big for me. Like, yeah. give me a smaller yeah, bike. New bike, mom. <laughs> you want to give me a smaller bike? Now nah, use what you got. Okay. So fast forward from picking up guitar at age eight and starting to write songs at 10 or 12, and now mm-hmm. you're here in Wilmington, and mm-hmm. you're in a music project called Bad Genetics. Mm-hmm. And is tell us about that project. What's it about? At the moment, we don't have any original music. Okay, that will change. Yeah, our biggest thing starting the band was let's play out live. Mm-hmm. So you know, Wilmington wants three hours of music. Yep, can't really do three hours of original music mm-hmm. unless you want to mm-hmm. build a bill with a bunch of different bands. But um, money's not really the biggest factor. We just want to go out and have fun. So mm-hmm. got a really good group of guys. We rehearse like once a week and been together this group almost a year um so we'll just like we'll trying to figure out now we're at the point like all right what are good transitions between songs Mm -hmm. do we like this song do we want to replace it Mm -hmm. what are some good ways all right let's add more poppy songs in there but Mm -hmm. make them more rock Mm -hmm. Mm because we're all 90s you know chili peppers rage against the machine but grungy yeah but you also have to appeal to the masses so Mm -hmm. we'll put some songs that we do enjoy playing but like i want to play like you know Chili Pepper songs no one's heard of because they're my favorite songs. Right. <laughs> but no one's going to know them. Yeah. So, yeah, they'll enjoy. We're going to play it well. We're all good musicians, but people don't usually care. Yeah. They want to sing along. They want to sing along. So yeah. we added in, like, uh, an ABBA song. We added in Man After Midnight. Made it more rock. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear that. No Diggity by Blackstreet. We added that okay. one in. Cool. Okay. So we're adding in some of those and trying to transition and have almost a set where, all right, well, here's where people can dance-ish. Then you have kind of more of a set of here are kind of the popular songs, like we're doing a Spin Doctor song. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of have the parts where these are the songs we, we kind of want to play. Yeah. Like we do some Tool songs. Not many people want to hear Tool. Yeah. Do some Chili Pepper songs. More of try to try to get songs that people know. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, we're selfish and we kind of do it for us. But we do want to get booked. So there's that like big like, I want to play what I want to play. Yeah. They're not going to know any of these songs. I mean, I think you're totally tapping into a conversation that performing songwriters have, especially in Wilmington. You know, and I mean, mm-hmm. I know Emily and I have talked about this. TK and I talk about this constantly for our duo as well, because the stuff that we want to play that's like inspiring is not necessarily recognizable. Right. And then for me, like when I was on the other side of the guitar, um, more in the audience for songwriter type stuff, I always really appreciated when I got introduced to new music by someone that was covering something that was really, really, you know, not as well-known or recognizable. Mm. Uh, Embarrassing story, I was listening to some people cover a tune one time, and I really fell in love with it, and the tune is, um, oh, and it just went out of my mind. It's a Dylan tune, and I can play the chords. I could sing it for you right now, and the title just went away. (laughs) Do it. Give me a little bit of it. Um, I Shall Be Released. That's the name of the song. (laughs) (laughs) Any day now, any day now, I shall be released. Dylan tune. 
I think Bette Midler covered it. And I was like trying really? to figure out who did it. And I wrote my friends who covered it. And I saw it. And I'm like, oh, there's a Bette Midler song that you guys do. And they were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What the hell are you talking about, dude? That's not Bette Midler. That's Bob Dylan. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you know, oh, same so. way. Because like Man After Midnight is ABBA. Mm-hmm. I heard it right. from Cher. Which oh. She released a full. Cher can do whatever she wants. She literally released an entire ABBA album as hers. Mm-hmm. And Man After Midnight was on. This was the first time I had heard it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this song's amazing. And I'm not a real pop guy, but I'm like, this song's fucking great. Yeah. So all of a sudden, that was what, you know, I was like, I brought it to the band. I was like, we can make this easily yeah. rock. And all the guys are like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I mean, you know, I guess when you get to Cher's level, you can afford to buy the royalties and still make money on the project yeah. all at the same time. <laughs> it, was like, it was like 2018, too. So she was fully in her, She's like, 60, it. 65. Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to do a full ABBA album. Yeah. yeah. Just released it. It's interesting, though, because I think that's the, the common thread, like, for me, that's sort of the dividing line on whether you're a cover band or an original music band, because I feel like if you're a cover band, you're, like, really strictly covering it like it is on the album, you know, and that's kind of your rehearsal mechanism is, like, everybody go away, learn the part that you hear for you on the album, and come back and rehearse it together. And I love what you're doing where you're taking it and you're making it your own, because that, to me, is, like, inspiring as a songwriter where both in the doing of it, but also the hearing of it, you know, so I love to hear somebody cover, somebody else cover something totally different, you know, so to hear you guys covering ABBA, I think is cool, but it probably will affect your songwriting down the road as a group. It is impossible, especially for the lead singer to say in a three hour set with 90s music, hey, I want you to sound like Rob Zombie, but also, also, I want you to sound like Anthony Kiedis. Also, I want you to, it's like, it's impossible. Oh, yeah. So every song we do is going to have a little bit of flavor mm-hmm. of our own to it. It's just how it is. Or I'm not going to have the right gear to make certain sounds. Like I actually just bought a whammy pedal mm-hmm. so we can do Rage songs a little better okay, so I can yeah. get that Tom Morello sound. Mm-hmm. That's just because I wanted the whammy pedal anyway. That was, that was my <laughs> excuse. That's I get to excuse. buy it. Yeah, I get to buy it. Um, but like, you're always going to have that. Like, There's no way. You have who you sound like. Like People tell me my voice sounds a lot like Billy Joe mm-hmm. from Green Day. Mm-hmm. Like, my lead singer of Bad Genetics, he sounds more like Josh Homme, Queens of the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of sounds like someone else. Mm-hmm. But so it, do you guys, you have a lead singer, and do you ever sing lead on any of the songs? Do you kind of, like, swap out at all? or? So the second set, I usually do, like, five or six songs, give him a little bit of a break, a little more of a break, which... That's nice. The whole yeah. idea of bringing in another singer, because we were a three-piece, was just the music that we're playing and the music I want to play and we all wanted to play was taxing on guitar. Mm-hmm. So my guitar playing was lacking also singing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the singing was lacking because I was trying to play guitar. So what do I focus on? Do I focus on the singing? Probably should, but yeah. I just felt like I wanted to play the guitar more. So um, we got him in. He just strictly sings. Great front man. Play any instruments or not at all? Him? Yeah, him. He does, but not in the band, no. Yeah. Well, and where I'm headed with that is thinking, okay, so you guys are getting all this stage experience together. You're getting all this performance experience, kind of like working up your chops as a group. And, you know, as you see this project unfolding, you feel like it'll be a collab write session, each person writing stuff, bringing it back to the group. How does that, how do you feel like that's going to work out? Or have you started that kind of process of beginning to think about creating original music together? We have. And before, like a year ago, the band was starting to write original music. And then. We lost some members, and it just kind of went to the wayside of, we already have gigs booked, Mm -hmm. and we lost members. Now it's like, all right, we need to get three hours up again. So, like, it started just being that, like, rush. Mm -hmm. So we're finally, the past couple months, not in that rush anymore to Mm -hmm. really get that three hour back up. Um, So now we're at the point of, 
hey, let's introduce, you know, a song or two at a practice, see if we can get to them, replace some of the ones we don't like. Mm -hmm. And then we've introduced some originals too, like the lead singer does write, I write songs. Mm -hmm. Our drummer actually writes some songs cool. too. And the bass player does too. He, they each have their own. The drummer and the bassist have their own original bands. Oh, so wow. they kind of get that yep. already. I don't okay. get that. Yep. I put all my heart into bad genetics. Yeah. Also, I just don't have time with get my master's degree. Also, with work, I'm just, I don't have a whole lot of time. Well, congratulations on that. <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet, but well, thank you. I feel certain that you will succeed in achieving your master's degree. I'm doing okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, surviving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, surviving. So who, you know, you've mentioned a lot of different... 90s rock stuff, Chili Peppers, Rage, different grunge. Are those your biggest influences in your writing, would you say? Yeah, Tom Morello and John Frusciante, mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. Started with Chili Peppers. I love the Chili Peppers more than anything. And then I kind of got more into Rage Against the Machine, some more of the rap style, because I always mm -hmm. like rap, too. Mm -hmm. um, but I like the instrumentation that went along with the rap, too. Went into, most people don't admit it, but I will, Limp Bizkit. I mm -hmm. still love Limp Bizkit. Sure. Actually brought it up to the band, they laughed like that'd be funny to do. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, that would be funny. And I'm fun, like, oh, I mean, yeah. fun, fun. <laughs> but like, I know what it is. Like, I mean, Anthony Keys of the Chili Peppers. Some of his lyrics are absolutely stupid, but it's just what it is. Like, you just take it for what it is. And I try mm -hmm. to take whatever the music is is what it is. Some people aren't trying to write the deepest songs. Or Tool writes about, you know, like the Fibonacci sequence, and mm -hmm. they write about all this stuff. And it's like, you know, Anthony Kiedis will just. Whatever, whatever. kind of whatever comes to them, yeah. But you know, I think that's it's interesting because the lyric is important, right? And a lot of what we do and see on the voice and the pen is really honing in on the lyric. But also, mm -hmm. I think as a songwriter and especially as a band, you're putting out a diverse combination of sound, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so sound is energy; it has an effect on people. So sometimes, if you don't have great lyric, but you have great sound supporting it, I mean, if you got Flea playing bass, like it depends on the music too. It, does, it totally depends on the music. Because like, you know, dumb uh, lyrics, you know, are very simple. Yeah. No, it's not to say dumb. That's probably not the right way to say it. But like, very superficial, surface level yeah. lyrics with oohs and ahs, but the Nothing music is deep. killer, and it's like I'm still loving this. This is so good, you know. And then and sometimes the, it's yeah. Good. Like the melody, if the melody is really cool, but it's a simple line, mm -hmm. it's like this line is really not special, but the melody is really cool, so it makes me want to sing that over it. Again. My wife does not like the Chili Peppers because of the reason <laughs> of the lyrics are absolutely stupid. I'm like, yes, they are. <laughs> but as a guitarist, I just appreciate Chad Smith's a phenomenal drummer. Mm -hmm. Flea is probably one of my, f I always had this debate with my buddies who was the best bassist, which now I think it might be Victor Wooten. <laughs> might, maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, I always said Flea because my favorite band was Chili Peppers. My In high school, um, his favorite band was Rush, so he always said it was Getty Lee. I mean, you I always know, had the debate. That, I mean, it's and it's hard to say best, you know. Like, there's they all have different dynamics, different styles. I think Victor, subjective. yeah, it's subjective. Mm -hmm. Victor feels like right now, like maybe the most well-rounded. I watched was watching him with a, a symphony the other day, playing his bass with a bow, doing some wild stuff. Oh yeah, there's a cool YouTube video of it. Yeah, it's, it's with a bow, with a bow, Almost yeah, like, like Les Claypool style, yeah, 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 yeah getting exactly. out there. But just an actual bass, not like an upright bass not an or upright like a cello, bass, an electric bass. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up after this. Yeah. With a bow? With a bow. Like a cello or uh, yeah, a cello bow, that. probably. No, not a bass player. I mean, obviously, Les Claypool Primus does some weird stuff. You put a whammy bar on, on the bass, and mm -hmm. he just. Yeah. He's another phenomenal bassist. Yeah. Again, a band that you either hate or you love. Because mm -hmm. the lyrics don't make really much sense. Mm -hmm. Or they do, but they're kind of like innuendos for something else. Mm -hmm. Or. Wait, innuendos in music? 
<laughs> and he doesn't really sing, kind of, kind of sings like I don't know. I yeah. like Primus. My again, my wife, yeah. she's big into the lyrics, but I just. Like, so how's the... Willie Nelson in your house? <laughs> you kind of look like Willie Nelson, like back, like you know, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how old he is. What forty, fifty years in his past? Uh, just well, the hair and the beard. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, I guess he's pushing ninety now. So is he really? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Oh my What's God. his guitar pushing? 107. <laughs> that guitar with a hole in it. Trigger. He's got like a yeah. guitar with it. It's a called Trigger, right? Huge hole in it. Yeah. Trigger. It's, uh, yeah, one, a couple huge holes in it. I yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, like I love Willie. I've always loved his music and I especially love the album Redheaded Stranger because it's such a departure. Like new things, it's like a musical, really. And mm -hmm. um, the songs loosely make sense together. But trigger, yeah. Anyways, that's a whole sidebar about what kind of duct tape, glue, and you know, staple gun <laughs> they use to keep that thing together and sounding good. I don't know how they do it. Right. Anyway, <laughs> it's funny because it's held together by like bubble gum. But when he dies, what's that? Who's gonna get that guitar? How much is it worth? Uh, I think I know who's gonna get it, and it'll probably be Lucas Nelson, his kid, Luke, Lucas Nelson, I Promise would, of the I Real. Would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with that. But how much it's worth, I don't know. Um, I bet you there is a little baggy. Or several little baggies placed strategically inside of the holes on his guitar. <laughs> no one will well, I know that Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar, mm -hmm. I think that's sold for like a couple hundred thousand dollars. I believe it. Easy. Sure. I don't know. He had a name for that one too. It was the SRV. Yeah. I'm surprised it's had. not in a museum somewhere. I think it will be. I mean, yeah. it's it's not just because it's Willie's guitar, obviously, that's an important component of it, but it's a really antique Martin classical guitar, you know, so it's got some value innately it's outside of yeah. the fact that it's spent, you know, 174 years in Willie's lap. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So another thing that comes to mind thinking about music, and I really have been wanting to ask you this question because of your all, all of your influences. So you're writing these uh, hooks, right? Lyrical, uh, not a lyrical hook, but a melodic hook mm. in your, with guitar. But for you... In your mind, how does the rhythm section work as you're forming a song? Is that something that you hear in your head? Um, because a lot of the bands that you've referenced, heavy rhythm section focus, which really makes the guitar part stand out like really nice and bright when you mm -hmm. have that big, solid structure you know, to kind of work off of as the lead guitar player. So how does that play into your mind as you're writing? I do. I'll hear pretty much the entire thing of what it should be, or in my head, what it should be. Mm -hmm. I don't try to tell anyone in my band know how to do their thing because mm -hmm. everyone should bring their own flavor to it anyway if it's just me writing it i'll make my own just band of my own like it's bad genetics it's not my band it's our band mm -hmm. so i wanted to always when i bring something to the table let's write to this not hey this is your voice your part i'll give the suggestion just like they can give to me hey you know maybe if you did this or your vocal melody do that mm -hmm. so it's more of a collaborative thing but yeah i usually do hear the entire song in my head yeah, so yeah. i kind of but Someone can bring something to the table. I'm like, oh, no, it's better. That's mm -hmm. better than what I had. Yeah. Or try it this way real quick. I always kind of leave it up to the person playing it because mm -hmm. ultimately they have to play it. Yeah, that's true. And I want them. It's, it shows on your face. If you're playing a song that you really enjoy, it shows on your it. face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it does. Yeah. If you're struggling, it shows. It shows. The whole band, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're having a good time, like, that's one of the most important things. Yeah, totally agree with that. Because like I said, we're primarily just a live band at the moment. Mm -hmm. We rehearse. We get out and play these songs live, so. We really want to make sure that whatever we're playing, we want to play it to a certain extent. There's some songs that we don't like playing much anymore, and that makes it fun, too. Mm -hmm. Like, we do Cumbersome by Seven Mary Three. Okay, yeah. It's a good song, right? Been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. 
long, long time. Yeah, it's been out for a long time. We don't really like playing it that much. Yeah. I was going to say, you get, you get bored. It's bored. You get bored with it. But I like it. It has yeah. good melodies. Like, I can do a good melody with the lead singer, and we do uh, Low by Cracker, too, mm-hmm. which it's fun for me. It has some pretty cool guitar parts, and I can solo everybody else. It's boring, yeah. so they don't like it, but we keep <laughs> it in there. Because mm-hmm. it's I'm a like, crowd pleaser. It's a crowd pleaser, too, so I just tell them, I'm like, be as crazy with it as you want. It doesn't really matter. So the whole rhythm section... Like our bassist will put like an octave pedal on while he's playing it, or the drummer will do insane fills. I'm like, yeah, whatever, have yeah. fun with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, I definitely can relate to that because there's something like brown-eyed squirrel, uh, or girl. I mean, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I played that one last night because someone wanted Van Morrison, and I was like, Did you say brown-eyed squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> if you play that song, you have to say squirrel now. <laughs> You do. You have oh, yeah. to. I mean, we have stories like that too. We had a lady come up to us. It is funny to try and say something and see if people oh, yeah. notice. You know, something different. Oh yeah, we had a lady come up to us after a show. It was actually during the show because people just have no respect for what you're <laughs> yeah. doing, right? <laughs> Don't come up to us during a show. Like, wait till after. We love you, but after, please. They come up to us, and she stopped our singer, and she just goes, "That song you guys played, it's amazing. I can't believe you wrote a song." And you were able to say "suck my tits." It was "suck my kiss" by the Chili Peppers. <laughs> she thought it was "suck my tits," and she thought it was our own song. And luckily, the oh lead singer has the exact same thing as us. He was like, "Yeah, that is our own song, and you're welcome." Better <laughs> walk away. So on our set list, I have never not written "suck my tits" every single time. And he says it too. And it's it's not a part of the song you can hide. It stops. And he says "suck my kiss." Yeah. He says it every single time, and we laugh. Yeah. You have a good time. That's good. I mean, I think that's a huge, important part of it. But it is funny, you know, like whatever you're doing on stage, when people who clearly are not musicians, right, they're clearly have never done this before. And you're in like mid belt and they're like, hey, can I? And you're like, no, <laughs> like this is the worst possible timing ever. Mid solo. Yeah. You know, they're coming up like trying to request a song while you're <laughs> you're playing and they're like, hey. Hey, and you're like talking and singing. You're like, you realize I can't respond to you right now because I'm singing, correct? And I'm doing six other things in addition to that because I'm (laughs) thinking about what I'm singing, what I'm playing, what the next song is going to be, and where I can get a water refill without having to ask for it. (laughs) And where I can get a water without ice. They always put ice in there. Like, I want lukewarm water for my voice. Yeah. Yeah. It varies. I bring my own. Yeah. I usually have one. Yeah. A water water bottle bottle is somewhere. It's missing. By the way, if someone does want to come up to us during a show, if you have like a 20, Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm pretty cheap. You got a twenty, and you have a like. I'll talk. Right. <laughs> we'll stop the entire song for a hundred bucks. I will stop the entire yes. thing for a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. right. oh, hundred yeah. bucks, whatever you got. I mean, that's. I, I, I like that uh, as a good way to talk to people about what we're gonna play next as well. They're like, I mean, for a hundred bucks, you'll get some version of any song you ask for. Hundred percent. I can't uh-huh. guarantee that it'll be great. Right. But you'll get a version of it. We're a '90s alternative cover band. <laughs> We've been asked to do Tennessee whiskey a hundred and five thousand times. Uh, or you wagon know, wheel. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't. I've not gotten wagon wheel. I got Tennessee whiskey. What else did we get? A lot of times, uh, Tennessee whiskey is one. We'll get like weird suggestions. Like, can you do like Mariah Carey? I'm like, not. I can't sing that. Like, yeah. I have a pretty good falsetto. That's like the equivalent that. of me being asked to do Metallica. I feel like. I think or you Johnny Cash. Well, I do Johnny Cash. Do you? Who, what do. do you do? You ring a fire? Or? I do ring a fire, and I do Folsom Prison Blues. Nice. You could do Metallica. I would actually love to see you do Metallica. Just make it your own. Yes, because we'll do that at practice too. We were doing Bulls on Parade, but we were doing it real, like almost like it was uh, like a spoken words thing. Yeah, when I was just the in my mind explodes. envisioning Emily doing Nothing Else Matters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just slow it way down even further than that song starts off, you know, super slow, make it like a ballad, you know. I think she should go the opposite route. Oh, speed it up. Yeah, pick one of their, like, most thrash songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> uh, what's the one where it almost sounds like oh, I'm not as good with Metallica? The one where it sounds like there's a witch. Nah, 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 nah. You know, know that one? Song. I don't know the know. name, but I know the song. <laughs> oh, this is going to bother me for the rest of the day. Until... And you, you have to have CB do the na na na's. It's nah, almost like nah, a witch. Nah, nah, nah. My brother in law would know. <laughs> yes. Huge Metallica People fan. are going to kill me. I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly, 90s was before my time, too. I'm yeah. so young. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that we're over here talking about the brown eyed squirrel and stuff because a lot <laughs> large demographic for my audience is people that are, you know, 10 to 30 years older than me. <laughs> and they're like, red hot chili, what? <laughs> Sad, but true. No, yeah, no, so no, I caught it. No, 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 I caught that one. No, 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 I caught it. Immediately. Also, you gave me a look. Like, <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't intend to do that. Like, I gave you the look at the end of the words because I'm like, I like, just hey, made a, a yeah. good Metallica joke and didn't realize it. <laughs> it's, it's like a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. <laughs> oh, I think all squirrels are probably brown eyed. I've never looked a squirrel in the eye. Maybe. I was just going to say albino. Albino squirrels. Yeah, but have you ever seen an albino squirrel? Um, no, you haven't. TK behind the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised like if you had. You probably own one. You probably <laughs> have one. <laughs> you bring it in like, ah, oh, it's my flying squirrel. <laughs> sugar glider. You know the sugar yeah, gliders? Yeah, yeah. From Missouri, we had yeah. all the sugar you gliders. You got sugar gliders in Missouri? Yeah. Is that like a native thing? I don't know. <laughs> They're there. They're there. I don't We're know what's native Mostly anymore. in people's rooms. We've taken swinging. a turn. <laughs> <laughs> there's some in north carolina too yeah i've heard that i've heard yeah. that someone that was injured yeah. i didn't oh. nurse it back to health i still think about it to this day did you just drive by it or walk by it or like i was walking and i kind of saw it i didn't think it was what it was no kind of like i don't see i think about things like that if i hit a raccoon it ruins my whole year oh man a whole year yeah a year man, dude it yeah. was just trying to i remember because it was when we had the power outage from was it what hurricane was that Isaias, maybe it was Isaias, a tropical storm. Yeah, that one, Isaias, yeah. we lost Isaias. power. <laughs> so we were just driving around and hit a raccoon. I was like, just because I'm bored, I had to kill a raccoon. <laughs> I still think about it. Was it daylight? No. Oh, I was going to say, if it's daytime, it's probably rabid, and you're probably helping it. I was just trying to give you comfort. Nothing gives you comfort. <laughs> Nothing gives you comfort. <laughs> no. Bad genetics That's why I write music. That's why I write music. Write a song about that. <laughs> Take comfort from your bad genetics. <laughs> the name bad genetics comes from the fact that my whole family, like lineage, has depression anxiety scoliosis uh fibromyalgia arthritis like the list goes on and on oh, with no, no, the no. genetics in my family and one day i was like oh we have bad genetics i was like oh it'd be a good band name and i googled it like no one has that name yeah. there you go so we can't get sued because we're just huge yes so <laughs> we're just so big <laughs> well this has been super fun chatting with you can't wait to do it again sometime but we definitely want to hear you play some music so we're yeah. going to switch over and get to the music part of this y'all thanks for hanging out and enjoying the voice in the pen podcast with yeah. daniel shiv april 2nd seven mile post april 2nd seven mile post 6 p.m um and also emily and i are having fun here hanging out as we usually do chatting Always. music and songwriting with folks so stand by for some music and we'll be back real quick such a hard job Oh, it's rough. <laughs> rough, rough. It's a hard way to make an easy living. That's what a songwriter, mine, a friend of mine named Dennis Princeton, wrote a song about being a songwriter called It's a Hard Way to Make an Easy Living. It's not a fun job. <laughs> like, that's why I don't do it for a living. Like, everybody's like, why don't you be a musician? Really? I'm like, nah, I don't. Nope. <laughs> it would ruin it for me. Like, I want to have fun. Yeah, you want to have fun and, and let your. Let go of things, you know, go perform and emotionally jump around. release. Jump, jump around, around like a brown-eyed squirrel on stage. Jump up, jump up, get down. <laughs> or an albino. Crisscross will make you jump, jump. 
so many it's song wiggy, references. Wiggity wiggity whack. <laughs> yeah. I figured it out. After a second, I was like, crisscross. Like, oh yeah, they were everything backwards. It's the dumbest thing. The 90s sucked. But come see us, 90s alternative. Yeah, do it. Do it. Come see the grunge. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in a, mu- in a minute with some music from Daniel Schiff. the man with his all-foreseeing plan recognizing his demise but he cannot stop spreading lies here he comes again. here he comes back Nothing but phony Coming down Feeling up Dragging fate with his Sacrimonious lies And here he comes Again Here he comes Back against the wall Clutching bloodied hands Living grime with his all-foreseeing plan, and he cries. Acid rain, living grime, sacrimony plan. Yeah, there comes the man. Bloody hands, living 
And she knows she's just a nuisance There's no doubt in that She knows she can complicate me Where is the perspective? But it's you I'm addicted to But it's you doubt in that Even when it's time to function She just can't go long But it's you I'm addicted to But it's you I'm addicted
I think I am ready to move on. But there's a knock at my door.